Hello everybody and welcome to this final episode of Activist Lawyer, the final in the series and I'm delighted to be joined by Mr Jonathan McKeown. Welcome to the studio Jonathan. Thank you very much sir, you're very welcome to be here. Great, great, great. A place you know quite well. Um, so we'll get to that in a little bit. But just by way of introduction, I'm going to introduce our listeners to you, Jonathan. Um, a bit of background as well, just to, to get us to, to your career to date. Jonathan graduated with a degree in aeronautical engineering and a degree in legal science from Queen's University, Belfast. Gosh, two very, very different, very different career yeah. paths there. In between, he also studied business administration for a year in Sheldon Jackson College in Alaska. As founder and chairman of JMK, Jonathan's focus is ensuring that the firm maintains its position as the leading personal injury practice in Northern Ireland. His hope is to instill a culture of innovation and very high standards of client care in this new generation of staff in the company. Jonathan's been involved in many important cases that have set binding precedents that have ensured the rights of accident victims are protected. He views this as his most important achievement of his career so far and something he hopes to continue for the rest of it. Now, Jonathan has several other business interests, most notably, he is the owner of Crash Services and is also the owner of a co-working and serviced office business called Granite Exchange, which also houses our lovely studio here, the Granite Podcast Studio. And he produces the Public Eye podcast and the Activist Lawyer podcast, which many people may not know your (laughs) involvement in this because we haven't had you on before. (laughs) Well, I think I'd I'd probably try to keep myself as a facilitator of other people, making sure things happen. You know, I have great ideas, but you need people like yourself to implement them. Well, that's where we're going to get to today. So we're going to talk about a little bit about your career to date and your journey, because that's really interesting that you started off in a very, very different route. And then, of course, your other business interests. And people might not be familiar with the Public Eye podcast is one that focuses on on NI businesses, business, isn't yes, it? So that's yeah. a really popular podcast as well. Um, also recorded here at our lovely studio. So why don't you take us through, I suppose, going back in time a little bit, not too far. Well, I, think <laughs> I think you've done quite well, some of me up there. Uh, so, well, thank you very much, Sarah. Um, no well, I think uh, to explain why I did engineering, that was really from my GCSE time. Um, I had done... Uh, average, shall we say, and I got two A's in my GCSEs. One was in maths, and one was in history. And I really should have stuck at the history and that type of uh, subject, but mm-hmm. for some bizarre reason, I did maths, physics, and chemistry. Okay. And <laughs> don't know why I did that. Um, I took the head staggers, and then that kind of limited where I was going. And grades wise, I was never going to get uh, have enough. Uh, grades to get in to do law which was what I was always interested in and it was just one of those things you just think Mm -hmm. you just do the wrong thing and then you're on a different path so I did the engineering at Queen's loved it it was aeronautical engineering it was a great great time I've got very close friends from Mm -hmm. those days even now and I was fortunate enough in my final year to be able to go to study in America as part of a training and employment agency, as it was called, scheme called the Business Education Initiative, which was aimed at, it was sort of slightly cross-community in that what they tried to do was send two students to a number of colleges in America to Mm -hmm. study for a year, one from each of the communities in Northern Ireland, and as well as proving that um that there was you know that, that we could get along peacefully if we weren't in this country also it allowed wow. the opportunity yeah. to learn uh, other subjects which weren't uh, business and, and things like that in mm-hmm. law weren't what we were doing in engineering so i came back then and studied as you mentioned the course in queens and then got qualified as a solicitor finally qualifying in 2001 okay 
Mm-hmm. So the, that was it was it was really because law was what I was interested in, but mm-hmm. uh, never, I didn't have the grades. But having had a, an undergrad degree, it meant I could get into a postgrad. Okay, in law. so that was the so path. That was, to that law. was the path. Very so good. it was a long uh, time. I think my entire twenties nearly were taken up with Studying. education. Yes. Oh. My Christmases were ruined <laughs> because did you get burnout? <laughs> I could just envisage that coming to a period where you're just like no more. <laughs> well, like, it was great whenever I didn't have to to worry about over Christmas with having yeah. exams in January. It was definitely yeah, a, a big, relief, a big improvement. And then what took you into so personal injury law? Was that the first kind well, of area was, you went into? Well, or? that was it. I mean, it wasn't what I wanted to go into, but um, interestingly, in terms of um, what we'll get on to talk about later, I hope about activism. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have a, a brief experience when I was in Alaska of helping out in the legal department of the uh, local uh, tribe, uh, mm-hmm. Native American tribe, that um, they had uh, various legal issues that they wanted to, uh, that they had to deal with, and one of which which I helped out on was when they were uh, trying to figure out a strategy of how to deal with increasing fishing quotas, because okay. they were f- afraid that this was depleting uh, and would have long-term damage. So uh, that was the first um, experience I had in that type of thing. But it was more about problem solving. That was really mm-hmm. where I saw my interests in the law. Okay. Um, it, yeah. wasn't, it didn't matter what kind of law, but um, as uh, happenstance and bad luck, is, uh, mm-hmm. is, it, is that what Bill Nye says in, uh, <laughs> in Love Actually? <laughs> I ended up falling Very into, into uh, <laughs> p- uh, personal injury law. And yeah. it wasn't what um, I had intended to do. It wasn't sure. particularly, you know, I, I enjoyed it because there was problem-solving aspects to what I was doing. Mm-hmm. But I thought that I could have put my hand to anything. Mm-hmm. And um, I did try uh, to get away from it, believe it or not, because I thought that I um, again didn't know enough about it really I suppose in terms of but you had this impression of personal injury law that it was grubby it was you know it was all about money and yeah. um, that you know that you'd, you'd hear this phrase oh personal injury claim money is bad luck money things mm-hmm. like that all these things that people said and you end up feeling a bit self-conscious about the whole thing um, but as a as a result of my inability to get a job anywhere else, <laughs> um, I was forced <laughs> like, to open up my own practice because oh. I couldn't get a job anywhere else. I've been turned down from some of the best places. Uh, oh. But uh, I think that uh, the, the the aspect of, of the personal injury claim is, I suppose it t- t- ties into you know what we're talking about about activism and how you're mm-hmm. you know when you're trying to do positive things I suppose when you're being rubbished that's why mm-hmm. you know you're doing the, the positive thing yeah. um, but it was uh, it, w- it was my intention then when I started the practice with that specialism to branch out mm-hmm. uh, and and we started the practice in 2003 and we were really getting going and doing well just in time for the credit crunch and we were only starting to pick up business in the wider range of legal uh, services and then the credit crunch came and everything stopped and we had a terrible few years reorganising the practice. We had to downsize. Mm -hmm. Um, We ended up halving the practice and whilst um, I don't know, embarrassment or shame, I don't know if those are the right words, but I don't think I'm that, I, I don't feel... Um, you know, ashamed about what happened, but I am, you know, embarrassed about it and feel a bit of guilt about the uh, the people that we had to let go. Sure. That was yeah. it was not nothing it was none time, of their yeah. their their fault. Um, you know, I had made some naive uh, steps, and it all came back to bite. 
Hence why we had to just uh, to, to, to stop and regroup within, with, uh-huh. within the practice. So one of the important things that we started off doing then in around 2011 was creating the mission and vision for the practice and then the core values. Mm-hmm. So those were um, very important to get the staff involved in that to reorganise and think about well, what are we actually doing? And I suppose it was around that time that I, you know, we decided to, f- to, to specialise in the personal injury law yeah. uh, side of things and to accept that we were personal injury lawyers, we were good at it and the, the public deserved good mm-hmm. service, good personal injury lawyers and people who were proud yeah. of what they were doing and that was really where we came around with the, with the um, the mission of the practice to proudly uh-huh. serve people because that was what I, I thought was um, d- had been wrong in my own thinking before that time mm-hmm. in that I was uh, you know, I didn't really know what I wanted or what I was doing, um, but that was that was that crunch. You find that area so that it led to that led kind to that. of um, yep. awakening, I suppose, in some Absolutely. way. And now, of course, you've grown quite massively. <laughs> you've you've opened up recently in in Derry, and that's right. I mean, yeah. that's great. Great. I mean, it was it was one of the the, the, the things that I was um, you know I had thought about doing in the early days is opening mm-hmm. a chain of offices and having them everywhere but it, again naivety mm-hmm. it's not that straightforward you think you can do all of these things but you really you really can't you need experience you need sure. people around you and everybody needs the time to learn so it's um mm-hmm. it's over tw- uh, nearly 20 years we're into our 20th year now wow. and yeah, we have excellent. been the largest personal injury practice in northern Ireland for the last eight years uh hopefully we can keep that going for 10 until we get to 10 that's, that's <laughs> an amazing achievement but also as you, you mentioned you know people maybe had a, an image of personal injury lawyers um, and perhaps that image persists in, in some way but um you have been involved in a lot of advocacy work as well within the personal injury um area well, of law so but i think it's important one of the, the things when i was studying law one of the the, the things obviously um, you know you, you've done it yourself mm-hmm. you know what in every law class you get cases to read yeah um and uh what uh, i think there was my brother had been at university a couple of years ahead of me and one of his friends father had been involved in a case um which he mentioned to me at the time and you know whatever five six years later i was then reading about this case when i went to queens and it was a, it's an important precedent even now in, in contract law and i think that probably was formative in my idea that if you're in the law you should be creating case law mm-hmm. that if you're just going along with what's already there you're not making any improvements yeah. you're not uh, making any advancement mm-hmm. and um in the family we also have a um an, an experience of uh well two two experiences in the law of going back and uh, you know, several decades when, when my aunt and uncle or great aunt and uncle who went to america and um, they had a very unfortunate incident with their pet dog, which died on the train, and the, uh, the it created a precedent in in America, which stood for about thirty years because the you know it, it oh was my, my aunt gosh. had signed the uh, or sorry it was my aunt's dog, but her husband mm-hmm. had signed the, uh, the the ticket which said that there was no liability from the train company, so it created a, g- a good contractual wow. point. Um, yeah. And my uh, great uncle had studied law for several years because he couldn't get a lawyer. He had to fight the case himself, um, but created a precedent. um, And uh, and in the personal injury world, uh, something which I didn't even realise until I was practising a number of years is that my grandfather had actually um, one of the rare cases. He'd had a personal injury claim in Northern Ireland that went to the House of Lords. 
mm-hmm. as well. You know, so it it mm-hmm. was uh, it, it wasn't no, not quite a precedent, but it was. Um, Still an important case on, um, you know, on, on the law yeah, sure. uh, and in personal injury. So uh, there seems to have been family, Some, yeah, so already, litigation. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but definitely, it was precedence. That's the yeah, thing absolutely. for me. It was that was what was important. Uh-huh. And I'm very, um, I know, one of my things is pride before a fall. Don't don't get too cocky. But mm-hmm. um, I am always delighted when we have a new precedent or we have, um, you know, some piece of uh, case law that we can then point others to to say, well, mm-hmm. there's the standard. Look what we're pushing for Look, yeah. these are the improvements in people's lives this is the um the clarity that we're bringing to this area of law and Im- important improvements because i mean most of us are you know our family members will at one point suffer you know or have to go to a solicitor for personal injury and i know there were children's cases that you were working on as well, well, recently. The, children, well the children's cases are um, important i think the in northern ireland we have this statistic that there is something like 20 percent underfunding of uh, mental health services but 25 percent higher propensity for mental health issues compared with the rest of the uk and that affects children um mm-hmm. more so than uh, than you would expect there is um this uh, you know concept of the um you know the, the psychological trauma that's passed generate down through generations and that's what we've had in, in northern ireland and i think there's you know um it's easy to forget mm-hmm. when we're 20 years supposedly from the Good Friday Agreement and yeah. moving moving forward that actually our lives have been touched by the troubles. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though I, I, you know, I was born in you know one of the worst years of the troubles, mm-hmm. I obviously was too young to appreciate it, but uh, lived through um, you know lots of uh, traumatic experiences yeah. and uh, you know things which um, you know you know tragedies live on TV, for mm-hmm. example, you know, those are uh, things which, um, you know, uh, at, th- at those times, you know, those had, were powerful impacts. I appreciate yeah. now they're, they're, you know, they're... You off, don't forget they're, them, though. You yeah. don't forget them, and they're up, but they're they're becoming, you know, very common to see all these things, and mm-hmm. it's almost like, you know, uh, a weird voyeurism that people want to see tragedies, but at the time it was utter, utterly shocking. Yeah. And um, I think that... It, uh, those traumas that are um, visited upon the parents who visited them, uh, visit them upon their children without mm-hmm. even realising, and then when you have children who have accidents and injuries, they are affected greater than you would expect as a result of that. And mm-hmm. that was one thing we're trying to highlight. That uh-huh. uh, we're also uh, trying to highlight um, the practices of insurance companies trying to deal with people who are injured without legal representation, mm-hmm. especially children mm-hmm. in adults, um, you know, uh, but, you know, they have to uh, take the responsibility for their own actions, I suppose. But yeah. we're trying to point out that the insurers should be um, more careful in how they deal with people um, because not everybody is as capable of dealing with things mm-hmm. as you um, as everyone else. But especially when it comes to children, that's something we've been lobbying for a yeah. long time on. Now, we, we are hopeful that in 2023, if, if the executive gets back up and running, that it'll be one of the first laws that is brought into place. Yeah. And that would be... Um, a, a massive achievement um, as my colleague Maurice mm-hmm. uh, Hutchinson in JMK Solicitors who has been leading that for the last yeah. number of years I sort of started it another project that I started and got someone else to take on but Maurice but is, um, feels very yeah. strongly about it um, and uh, you know I think it'll be 
um, you know, whilst I initially started gathering the data, it was yeah. really Maurice's skills and ability that had pushed that on Brilliant. and the relentlessness of making mm-hmm. sure that it didn't get forgotten about. So when yeah. we have mandatory uh, court settlements of personal injury claims for minors, that will be the next greatest achievement fantastic. in my <laughs> career. That's uh, fantastic. So. It really is. And, you know, of course, we had Maurice on um, a while back mm. talking about the details of that case. So really, really fantastic work um, that not many people might associate with what's going on in a personal injury practice, but really pushing forward on, on those changes and advocacy. Well, I think I think it's one of the things is, is that we, as lawyers, we get into this, uh, we're painted into this thing of, oh, you're just the rich fat cats who, don't ca- who only care about their fees. Yeah. And that's, an, uh, you know, a good narrative for the media to push all the time. Yeah. And the public, you know, it's easy you know, to, to say it. It's like, you know, the fat cat banker, a fat cat lawyer. It's, you know, mm-hmm. it is uh, something which... Um, it becomes easy for people to remember those words yeah, and remember that, absolutely. and then that colours their entire view. So I think it's one of the things when we were when we were lobbying for the uh, the new legislation. You know, some of the uh, officials have said that it is refreshing for mm-hmm. lawyers to come not begging yeah. for extra money. Which is to not make that real change, make yeah, a change exactly. absolutely. So. And on that point, just about um, colouring lawyers and the media and the press, we're well used to that. Um, activist lawyer. That came around 2020, wasn't it? The, the, towards the end of 2020, you and I are sitting in a, a room here in our lovely building having a chat and we did not think, well, I did not think that we'd be here, you know, two years later. Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. As yeah. they were celebrating, you know, we've obviously had the 50 episodes now mm-hmm. at this stage, but I think it, it was something which I had for a long time um, in my mind as, and I had it as a, you know, those magnets you get for the fridge, you know, I've had I have a, I have a couple of those with, with um uh, from a trip to to uh, Stratford upon Avon many years ago, um, that's that has the Shakespearean quote. Le- first thing we do, let's kill all the lawyers, yeah. <laughs> and it's something which we, we have quote. we have when we did a review of the business. It was one of the things you know that, that I mentioned earlier. We, it was one of the things that we that I started the review mm-hmm. with um, is this idea that uh, people think that Shakespeare meant. Uh, oh, we must get rid of lawyers yeah. when obviously he's a dramatist mm-hmm. and he was using that in, as part of the drama uh-huh. and he was making a point that the characters wanted to overthrow society and the way to do it is to get rid of the lawyers. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's amazing how many uh, changes in the law have been brought about by the public not realising that the people who are acting in their best interests are the ones being sidelined. Um, I'm often f- fond of quoting Napoleonic quotes as well. Mm-hmm. He is, men will fight harder for their interests and their rights. Yeah. And uh, that's, you know, uh, something which, you know, I regularly point to that, uh, you know, that when you see uh, people complaining about, for example, the new legislation about anti-protesting, for example, mm-hmm. you know, as if, and you have people lauding that as if yeah. that's a great thing to ban protests. Mm-hmm. And none of the changes that would have came about would have came about without protests. Um, you know, you look at, you know, we're, you know, just over the 100th anniversary of the women getting the vote, for example, mm-hmm. which wouldn't have come about without people sacrificing themselves. Yeah. And so you've got all this narrative, um, this uh, anti-law lawyer um, narrative, and uh, at that particular time, because of your own interest in immigration, mm-hmm. that was I was becoming more interested in, in immigration issues. And I was... Uh, I think it was around about the August time, if you yeah, if you remember that was, year, it and was. it was the things that were put out by the Home Office, slagging off activist lawyers mm-hmm. and lefty, lefty lawyers, lawyers and yeah. all this sort of thing, and what I thought was, well, you know, if that's the phrase they're going to use, what you have to do is to own the phrase, be proud mm-hmm. of it, 
and uh, stop them using it because yeah. whenever they, they say it as a put down, if we could turn it around into saying, yeah, I am an activist lawyer, you're absolutely yeah. right. And isn't it own great? It, yeah. And own it, exactly, mm-hmm. yeah, as you say. Um, so that was where we came about. So That's I right, yeah. um, quickly registered the website. <laughs> as you do. <laughs> and, uh, You're on the ball. Uh, well, and, Nobody uh, can Mitch, accuse you of not being on the ball. Uh, and thought, right, Boris, uh, <laughs> as it right was Boris, then. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, um, but I think the thing is, it's... Um, you know, I think it's it's hard. I think we've you know, uh, it's easy to slip politicians in the same way. And I think mm-hmm. that's I think that's the thing that on the uh, if you t- say it like the non right wing, I'll say I'm not going to say lefty, but the non left wing side mm-hmm. don't stoop to the tactics that the extremists on the right do. I think that's the problem that yeah. we we're um, we're more circumspect. We're, sure. Because we're we believe it's it's dishonourable to mm-hmm. do that, and we're always on the back foot mm-hmm. in these things. So I think that was what the, the intention at that time was to say, right, we'll take back the phrase mm-hmm. um, and we will use it and we'll say, yeah, we are activist lawyers and uh, yeah. and that's not something to be ashamed of. And uh, I think that in terms of the podcast, what I've liked uh, about the the whole concept and mm-hmm. the thing that's happened is that people have warmed to the idea of, uh, of having time to talk about mm-hmm. their, their, the issues that they're involved in. Yeah that they have an outlet now for that and we're building a wee community around Absolutely. that idea. It's been lovely to, to see that and like a platform just for people to share their work together and I guess as you said to me before in a few discussions we've had you've, you've this mindset that maybe people are competing against each other and firms are but really we've seen a lot of people who've been on our, our podcast know each other or have a you know an interest in their colleagues work even though they don't work in the same firm so it's been a really good platform just in terms of sharing the work of well I think that's lawyers. right is it in, in you know in high street legal practice it's it's um, you know very competitive I suppose mm-hmm. that people are, are fighting with each other for clients and uh, our um, you know, I think in this t- type of of, uh, of work and you know human rights and uh, activism generally, it tends to be people who care more about the work than yeah. they do about the income that's generated from it. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Obviously, they require um, you know to earn a living to be mm-hmm. able to continue to do the work, but they don't seem to be as um, uh, you know as competitive at that side. You know, it's like they're yeah. they're um, you know if they. If you know there's enough issues for them all to deal with, and they're proud of, of their colleagues mm. who are also making advancements, yeah. so I think it's uh, it seems to be a bit more uh, collegiate. I think you're in right. That. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And just as a means of communication, I guess you're interested in podcasts in general. I, I know that, and you'd you'd be a fan of them for going back many many years. Um, all all sorts. How do you feel? You know, we're moving in terms of using this medium as a means well, of communication with maybe people who don't really know about human rights or public interest law or any type of law. Well, I think it's a bit like what we did with the, with the public eye on the on the business side of things, which is another in- interest of mine. Mm. It's um, it's trying to create the database, I suppose, of, of of these interviews and things that people can look look back mm-hmm. on because there really isn't, um, you know, unless you're high profile, there isn't opportunities to be yeah. interviewed and to have uh, to have your words. Kept for posterity, if you like, um, and uh, I think that's where the importance of it of it becomes. You know, the other um, phrase that that was bandied about in that year of activist lawyer was the loudmouth lawyer, and that's I did right. uh, register that <laughs> website too. And and uh, I have a wee podcast series myself, yes. um, which um, unfortunately, due to other commitments, I've I've left withering on the vine. But I have to get back to that yeah, in the new year. Yeah. Um, and really, what it was about was. Um, I suppose tr- trying to t- tell little anecdotes or uh, of my own experience, but to to show how 
um, you know, values and things could be um, you know, extrapolated from from those experiences because we're in a world that's so we're so pressured and on every every issue is this phrase you know this wedge issue it's yeah. like you can't have a middle ground anymore you have to have a divisive mm-hmm. you have to be one side or the I other and um i think that causes so many so many problems and mm-hmm. um you know you look at uh, you know so many times your own emotions are whipped up by the media and then you go why do i even care about that yeah and we do i mean a lot like we would have um discussions even just about the, the themes at the time and a lot of the narrative that has been discussed you know has been fueled by um whoever's in politics or uh, at that time whoever's in government whatever crisis is going on at that time what do you think the relationship is between i guess the themes that we're talking about on this particular podcast and others like it and politics Th- th- very much is a, an interaction between the two. Well, I think it's it's just the um, thing is, is, is an awful lot of the time you think you have to have a big gesture. I think that's the problem, mm. uh, uh, and uh, it is the small changes that make that make the difference. Yeah. And it's about constant small changes and mm. incremental, um, because there's so much weight on the other side that all you can do is make small changes. It's mm-hmm. you know, the uh, random acts of kindness yeah. you know, that you hear about. Uh, it's that kind of thing. Is it? That the the little things make the big difference, sure, you know, yeah. and that that I think that's where, in terms of keeping the, um, the podcast gr- uh, growing, in terms of uh, you know people's awareness of it, it's about starting it and then keeping it going mm-hmm. so that it doesn't it doesn't uh, go you know go off and people um, mm-hmm. lose you know lose what was put into it. It's yeah. like once it started, we have to keep building and building, mm-hmm. and it will take time. But mm-hmm. that's the you know that's the, the mission yeah. of it. So it's that it, it, it's an, uh, an avenue to build awareness, and I think um, again, I, I don't want to say proud, um, but it's you know one of the things that we learned, if, if you remember, was that one of the universities was using the podcast that's as right. an inspiration yeah. and on part of the reading list. Yeah delighted I couldn't believe it and we've reached out to other third level institutes as well because a lot of our listeners would be students who are contemplating you know getting into to law and some of the feedback that we've received have been from students who say you know we hear a lot about the commercial firms and a lot about you know those areas of practice but you don't really hear so much about how you would get opportunities within you know public interest law or the human rights realm so they it's good to know people are listening in and oh, hearing real uh, real journeys and real you know and people have been so candid on this podcast and of really talking about their experience, bad or good, leading them to their you know position of a lawyer or solicitor, barrister, whatever it might be, which has been really eye opening. Yes, well, I, th- I think you're right about the um, the, you know, the commercialization of the universities mm-hmm. has, has created that dynamic that, that the the, the com- commercial world is the place to go, mm-hmm. and um, you know I had that same desire, you know. But from you know from uh, watching TV and things like that, it yeah. was um, what was it then? Was it Ali McBeal? <laughs> probably Ali McBeal. Uh, yeah, I'm old enough to know LA Law. Or uh, somebody said it was a French show, LA or La Law. Um, La somebody La. said. Um, but uh, so um, I think that uh, those th- things do do push you in and um, in thinking that those are the those are the things that are important. But I think not, again, it's cultural. Northern Ireland, we you know it is it has that history of activism, mm-hmm. and I think people in the law they want to, to make it make a difference. And yeah. I think the last thing you want to hear as an idea as an idealistic person is um, yes, you can uh, <coughs> become a lawyer. And fill in forms for companies' house. You know yeah. that's the la- you know that's not what you, you sign up to the law to do. Sure. So, yeah, we've had a, a good range of different guests, I suppose, who've covered a wide area, but we still lots more 
that we could cover. Is there anything well, that you would? Well, well I think it is. Liked? I mean, some of the guests that you know, I again, it was things that people who you maybe have heard of but didn't know what they were actually doing, yeah. which is great. Um, and I think, uh, I th- you know, I think for example, Rosemary Connolly was one of the mm. early guests, um, who was yeah. very, um, you know, t- uh, tenacious uh, employment and human rights lawyer, mm-hmm. and. Um, I think you know employment rates is a big issue that we're um, especially post Brexit. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, do we have to bleep that word out? We should uh, no, it's been said <laughs> on this show many times. <laughs> the B word, <laughs> you can keep it in. Um, <coughs> but you can see that that's what uh, you know. That's yeah. what Brexit is really about is about mm-hmm. eroding rights uh, and you know including employment rates. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Rosemary could be very busy um, for another so. 20 years uh, <laughs> you know, dealing with the issues that are coming down the line. But she was an inspirational character. Yeah. Um, but also uh, Dara Macken, who's a um, mm-hmm. young uh, uh, solicitor and uh, much more um, uh, insightful and uh, knowledgeable than I was at the same at the same age mm-hmm. as as was a recent guest. Um, uh, in, um, Owen Beattie. Owen Beattie, what he called, was... Uh, you know, just start, started his practice at you know similar age to myself, I think. But, um, but he, you know, has seems worldly wise, a lot yeah. wiser than I was, and uh, a lot, uh, a lot savvier. So it is, it's good to see those things that you know. My perception of young lawyers is that it's all about the corporate law. Yeah. But actually, to see p- young people who are, say, they've got a f- lot more gravitas than I ever had, um, and um, are really per- personate, um, you know, person mm-hmm. their um, themselves and their and their practices, and uh, I think Patrick O'Murray was another one of the Patrick, shows. Yes, that's um, right. Last and, year, uh, he had a, uh, a brilliant answer to the question about how do you um, distance yourself and keep the professional relationship that's right. um, and I'm paraphrasing but he effectively said well he doesn't mm-hmm. why would you you know and I think that's right is that, mm-hmm. uh, is that um, you know to some extent that you know, I would say that's the barrister's job yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just to keep the distance uh, yeah. but it's the solicitor's job to actually be indignant on behalf of the client, mm-hmm. that would be one of my uh, things that I regularly say, say to, to our, our people is be indignant, mm-hmm. you know, don't put up with the abuse, yeah. um, you know, because you're there to, um, you know, to, to uh, you're not leading them the wrong way. You're saying, mm-hmm. I know what you should be mm-hmm. uh, getting here. I know what uh, what you should expect. This is not it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to make sure you get it, get it and yeah. that you feel passionately about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, solicitors who say, I'm not the client's friend. Mm-hmm. Well, what are you doing there then? Mm. Because they need their best friend. They need the person who can tell it to them straight, and um, you know. And you have to feel that you're not going to let them down. Yeah. That you wouldn't let a friend down. You're not going to let a client down. That's mm-hmm. that's the different relationship as yeah. a solicitor. They're there in times of crisis usually, you know. And um, I guess the range of guests that we've had on have given us great detail about some of the real heavy hitting cases, particularly those. Um, coming out of the troubles and legacy cases here as well so it's just been so inspiring to to hear on the ground how it works and the relationships that they do develop with clients and the wider family how, how could they not you know and it's but, but yeah. i think it's, it's, and it is great when you see the, you know someone who has a you know has a great case and they've got the, they get a bit of publicity about it and you go oh, that's fantastic mm-hmm. brilliant um and you know i think it's a uh, I think that's, I suppose, inspiring for the you know the next generation yeah. com- coming through is that you can say, well, actually, those are the leaders, those are the people that um, uh, that we should be looking up to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
absolutely. And then for the year ahead, so this is our final episode of 2022 and some ideas for 2023. Mm-hmm. I think one area that seems to be emerging that we haven't really covered in great detail would be environmental justice as well. And there's lots of planning issues that seem to be um, cropping up as well tied into that. What other areas or themes would you like to see maybe for the year ahead? Um, well, I think it's... it's uh, I think it, 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 these, this... Yeah, I don't want to say it's a cliche, the cost of living, but it's another one of the mm. things that we all just go cost of living, cost of living. But I think that's one that is it, um, is saying um, how we can explain how these things have all come about yeah. and how, um, you know, as part of the overall manipulation of things that are going on and we do really don't know anymore mm-hmm. what's happening. And, um, you know, the the, uh, the the activism, I think, you know, and you mentioned earlier about, about intervention with uh, or interaction with, with politics, I think we have to look wider than just you know basic legal issues. And you yeah. say empl- uh, uh, environment yeah. is a big issue, and it's something which again we just need to make incremental changes and mm-hmm. push for. Um, but it's that it's the thing shining the light on these mm-hmm. areas, things that we just don't know. That's what I would really mm-hmm. like to look for: is what issues are going on that don't get into the media. Exactly. Um, that that um, and that uh, it's important to see actually someone is making taking Wait. steps yeah. to, to do that. Um, there was um, there was an interesting case. I'm obviously originally from the Craigavon Lurgan area, so there was an interesting judicial review this year mm-hmm. in relation to a um, a, a planning uh, approval for a new campus for the, the uh, Southern Regional College on the lakes of or on the banks of the the lakes in, in Craigavon, and. Um, I think the lady was called Claire McCann. I think um, I'd like to get her on. So maybe yeah. this is a, <laughs> a call out to, to, to Mrs. Claire McCann, McCann. Yeah. Um, to, co- to come. Um, because, uh, you know, I knew, obviously, from that being from that area, I knew mm-hmm. the issue was going on. I knew people were concerned about it. And, um, you know, and it's it's what's interesting that in, in that um, your initial view as an outsider would be actually the SRC deserves a fantastic new campus. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be brilliant. And you think, well, have you got the space? Your mind would go to say, oh, that's brilliant. You're yeah. absolutely good. You've got the money to do it. Look at how fancy the swimming pool is down there now <laughs> on, the, on the, the lakes where I nearly drowned no, a number of years ago. Um, but uh, um, you look at that, and uh, but if you don't know mm-hmm. what the issues are, yeah. then you don't uh, uh, have any appreciation for what uh, Mrs McCann and her legal team went through to, sure. to overturn that and why they thought it was so important to overturn mm-hmm. it. And... I think that's the, um, you know, the, the, when you talk about planning rules and things like that, it's like mm. it, it is easy to see um, uh, investment mm-hmm. as the be all and end all mm-hmm. without realising that you have to have managed um, investment and development yeah. and things which just because you don't know about it doesn't mean it's not yeah. important. I think yeah. that's the thing. Is it was great to read that and yeah. just the, the success of that was really um, something that would make great change um, in the area in general. But it's as you said, it's can you take those those small steps that really make uh, seismic changes as well? And I know um, that case was shared on social media and was celebrated, so it would be definitely one that we could... Well, what was interesting is, is that I, do, I and I could be wrong on this, but yeah. I didn't see too many politicians in, no, in, no. in, you know, on, in favour of her. Um, no. And that's the thing is, you yeah, think yeah. There, there's someone who um, you stood up mm-hmm. uh, to all of that pressure, yeah. Um, yeah. and there was a campaign group and got the grassroots support, and that those are inspirational stories. Those yeah. are those are what you want to see. You that the, the things are mm-hmm. going on, and because there are things that I just wouldn't 
You wouldn't, you wouldn't know about, know it. about no, it otherwise. You wouldn't. That's an, yeah, that's a good point. And then just, I suppose, outside of your own your own legal work and all of your other business interests that you have going on, what area of the law would interest you? Is, is there any area that you may have liked to have um, practised in? or? Well, I, 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 um, I think, I suppose, everybody who's in the law wants to be the best criminal defence lawyer. That, uh, is that <laughs> from watching too much <laughs> La Law? <laughs> exactly. So, uh, um, and I, I, I sort of do have that... Um, uh, you know, every so often I think about the Innocence Project. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I think, God, I'd love to, really call it, uh, you know, to do that. You sort of imagine mm-hmm. in Northern Ireland that maybe there's not a need for it, that, uh, that there's, it's well served. It's well but covered I don't, by but I don't know. But I say, <laughs> I just don't, again, I don't know. Mm, and, um, but uh, you sort of, you know, that's the sort of thing I think that would, you know, would interest me because it, in the law, uh, you have to be interested in reading. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, you can't just read headlines you've got to go beyond that detail and you know i think it is a you know it's a, a, a common uh, joke in the uh, you know as you're an undergrad law student that you got to just read the head notes you don't read mm. the actual cases <laughs> but when you read the cases that's where you see the detail that's yeah. where you see the points and that's where you, de- you develop your strategies and most people don't read mm-hmm. so that's a that's a problem so i th- I, I sort of feel that um uh, it's something that I might try to um, uh, come out of the pandemic and just free your travel and things is, try, is maybe try to get involved in that. Yeah. To, you know, take the time or take a summer to read mm-hmm. cases to, you know, to read in depth and, um, into the actual detail of a case and yeah. try to see what help you can provide to it. So because fun, yeah. I think it's, it's back to what I said about my real interest in the law was about problem solving and mm-hmm. um, that I can always come up with ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those are the, um, you know, those those types of cases which could make a real difference to people's lives. A huge difference. Um, I mean, the injustice. Uh, a lot of po- podcasts cover, um, you know, the, especially the American cases. Um, I, I, even Kim Kardashian now has her own <laughs> podcast covering them. So um, they're they're widely covered. But I, I I always listen to them, and at the end, you're just so frustrated that the answer was there, yeah. yet somebody has just served twenty years on death row or whatever it might be. So yeah, but that would be great if you could. Yes, we'll get do that. Do a podcast. I'll help you. <laughs> we'll, find, we'll, um, we'll find a case, but I think it, it's. Yeah. Um, I think that's just something as, you, as I'm getting into the uh, sort of getting older, um, and I'm not quite fifty yet, but I feel like I'm getting older. older. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not, not quite fifty, uh, but you do feel that right. You have to uh, move on. But I think it's. I think we've got in in JMK. We've got a fantastic team of people. Yeah. I mentioned Maurice earlier, who mm-hmm. uh, is. Um, what do you call it? Uh, very very tenacious, very um, detail uh, oriented, which is yeah. which something I'm not good on. Uh, and Olivia Meehan, who's their legal services director, mm-hmm. the the two of those lead the practice um, in a fantastic they way. Yeah. They've got two different personalities as well, um, and you know Olivia. Um, is uh, very much the sunshine um, or in the <laughs> darkness. Um, she's, um, th- uh, you know, I think maybe Maurice is uh, dusk and dawn. Uh, <laughs> and Are you listening, Maurice? Maurice can traverse the, d- yeah. the dark and the good and the light. Uh, but everything's in good hands with them. Good hands. Yeah. Oh, it's absolutely. So, absolutely. And I think that's where I'm, where I'm feeling. Well, I'm in the darkness and I need to move, <laughs> move on, let them uh, have a lot more light. In the darkness. I'm so. sure they wouldn't agree with that. Yeah. But um, yeah, that would be fantastic. I mean, you know, to if you could, you know, garner but, that. But I think it's, 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 it's a bit of being very lucky in terms of being able to move and be mm. able to have options. Sure. Um, and I think the, you know, the, the uh, you know, the staff are in a good position. We've a great team now. Yeah. We've built a, a lot in the pandemic. We've made a lot of changes uh, to ter- terms and conditions of employment. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. making everything better um, or as, be- as 
better as we can make mm-hmm. it or as good as we can make it and that then allows you to move on to do other things yeah. but I think we've got to make sure they continue to be inspired and sure. follow the core values yeah. mission and vision as to what they're doing in the personal injury world mm-hmm. and then I can look at other other things excellent so <laughs> lots of lots of positive uh, changes coming out of the pandemic there um, and just I suppose we've known in terms of activism as well who this is I think we've asked a couple of guests this, but just in terms of um, inspiration, is there anybody you know that stands out for you in the legal world in terms of? Well, uh, well, I think I think is that when you're in, in uh, based in Northern Ireland, it is as you mentioned earlier the legacy issues. When you yeah. see people there, um, and there's um, you know it, it, a terrible phrase, you know the usual suspects. You know that whenever it's a, an important case, there is the usual suspects. And I think that's it's um, fantastic that they are there. Mm-hmm. So you know you have you know Kevin Winters, sure. you know, um, mentioned Phoenix Law mm-hmm. and, and Dara Macken and and the Low and Beatty's another person who's starting to build his profile now that he's in his own uh, in his own practice. Um, you know I think those uh, people are are um, fantastic in terms of um, pushing pushing things on. And you know you uh, it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't bother me to see a competitor, if you like, uh, on you know on the TV or in the media, because you know that they are experts at what they're doing yeah. and they're pushing the thing forward. And um, you know, we're, I'm doing it in GMK in one area, though they're doing it in another. And I think they're all making a positive improvement. So I think those are you know, no, those are the those are the people that you see and you want mm-hmm. to encourage. I think you know, wider than that, uh, in the UK, it is um, uh, you know. It's it's always good when you see people that you don't know of, um, but you know definitely it's the smaller issues that that I think make a big are making a big difference mm-hmm. because those are the things that really mean things yeah. to people. Um, so, you know I think there's uh, ample scope for us to move activism uh, activist lawyers sorry into the other jurisdictions to why <laughs> to not have lots and lots of interviews and and highlight the issues and well and back to what we talked about it's about owning the phrase owning mm-hmm. you know the uh, the concept of being an activist and um use, making the law work for people yeah. instead you know in against um pretty fierce opposition yeah and it's interesting because all of our guests have had very unique um kind of interpretations of what that means to them depending on their background and, and their area of work but the question that we always ask them and we'll ask you the same question is what is that relationship between activism and the law if there is one and do they work well together do we need it well i think it's um I think it's that thing is it that you can uh, I suppose it's that thing that depends on the issue but mm-hmm. uh, it, you know that there are small changes you can do but I think it, I think it's the um, I think the reality is that the, the law ha- has to be used because there's only so much um, you know lobbying you can do if you're faced with um, you know, a, a, you know, a, 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 an opposition in control mm-hmm. who are going to use that to, for their own ends mm-hmm. and um, you know I think it uh, the, you know. For example, you know the, the uh, you know the, the word, the Brexit word, you mm. know taking away the mm-hmm. ECJ from the, the uh, as an avenue of uh, where we can go as citizens yeah. um, to complain about what our own country is doing. The you know the presumption that your own country will never harm you is simply mm. wrong, mm-hmm. and that we needed to have that mm-hmm. uh, outside court, someone who we could refer things to and say, hang on a second, you know. They may be in charge, but they yeah. are not doing the right thing, and they need to be called to account. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where you you always have to have it, and it's a, it's a pity that that has uh, that has gone, and um, you know the idea of taking back control of your laws mean that you're now more open to abuse. I mm-hmm. think that's t- that's a terrible situation, and I suppose we we'll have to um, 
you know to hope that that uh, we can continue to uh, use the law and that the laws are there allowing the public to to push back on these things mm-hmm. and one of the the difficult things is always going to be funding of the actions yeah. and funding uh, is, is you know taking away your funding is something which uh, is a great weapon on the other on the other side mm-hmm. but we have to work to maintain the funding make sure that people have that access to justice mm-hmm. and that the opportunity you know the opportunity to ch- to change things at the ballot box is isn't isn't enough no that's not it's not huge huge challenges ahead and like the past few years we don't know what 2023 is going to bring i think you and i had a recent chat just about well, my naivety in terms of you always think, no, it's you know that person's not going to get food. That won't happen, and then it does, and then your heart sinks that little bit further, and you're thinking, why? <laughs> why well, I think it's, it's, it's when you look at things, and you, um, uh, you know, when you're when you are passionate about things yourself, or you you have an understanding mm. of things, and then you, what I can't understand is how so many issues are so thin, you know, mm-hmm. evenly divided. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at the time of speaking. The, there was just the, that election in, in in America, the Senate election, yeah. and it, um, you know, and you think it w- it went between it was something like fifty point eight percent to forty nine point whatever, yeah. um, uh, uh, and you just think, how is it that close? <laughs> no. How can how can there be that many people who are you know who are yeah. thinking that that's that the other you know the, I appreciate that's that's a wedge issue, but it's like yeah. it's how can um, you know t- having messages of hope and um, equality. Be be um, you know not be accepted. Just lost um, with that, those figures. You mm-hmm. know that you think how could how could fifty percent of people think it it's not mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. to have mm-hmm. um, you know uh, um, you know more help for people. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's it's just uh, at a time of crisis. Yeah, well, know, uh, we'll continue to be bewildered <laughs> by those outcomes because I expect nothing will really will change. But as you say, you know, if we we have the the law there, and we need to make sure that what we have at least remains in in some some way so that we can, you know, use it as a tool for activism, as a tool to make change. Well, I think it's it's like the immigration that you're Mm. involved in is, is, you know, is a classic example of, uh, you know, how to how to right wing you know, um, regimes take hold. It's by yeah. picking on someone, yeah. and we're in the cliche of that Absolutely. again. And you think, how, is, how are we all in that again? In a crisis, and that's yeah. I mean, it's just um, to be expected, almost. Um, but yeah, trouble, <laughs> difficult, difficult times, and a busy time for for lawyers as well um, for, for the year ahead. And I look forward again to to another year of. You well, know, absolutely, and I think guests. we should, I suppose, take the opportunity to I'll interview you back about your experiences Ooh. of the, uh, the, the, the... I'm not very interesting. <laughs> That's why I sit on this side. <laughs> I don't... Well, did, you, did you think you'd get the 50 episodes? Did you think you'd I get the five? I did not. <laughs> I absolutely did not. So, Jack, that a lot of our listeners will know, he's off travelling around the world and all the rest. We started here. Our first episode was just him and I talking, but we had scripted it and we practised it so much. <laughs> And that took us a long time. So I never really thought that we'd get to the stage where, you know, it was a much more relaxed setting where we bring the guest in. And it's just been an absolute pleasure to to meet everybody and to learn about their work. And sometimes I'm lost in thought, which is why I have to remind myself, no, we have to move on to the next question because I'm really intensely listening to their journey. And I, I have to say, you really appreciate people who, who share their honest, you know, journey. And, and nobody's been here saying, yeah, it was an easy journey. I became a lawyer in this. It's really, really been um, eye-opening to, to learn about, you know, the well, difficulties and yeah, challenges absolutely. that people faced. Well, I think that's a good, you know, it's like if I, if I, you know, met one of these, uh, one of the guests, you know, mm-hmm. I'd 
out at a social event, you would have these types of conversations yeah. and we would talk to them. But if you don't have that opportunity, yeah. you never learn about them. So that's well, what Jonathan, I we might enjoyed. have a social event for oh, activist lawyer coming up. <laughs> oh, good, good. So keep your keep <laughs> your ears good. open for that one. Hopefully in twenty twenty three. But, uh, but I've been very, you know very happy to see um, you know and, and to hear. So I should say the uh, the difference in yourself. You know mm-hmm. as as the as the, um, the episodes have gone on in terms of the confidence <laughs> and uh, I think I've been denied halfway through this, yeah. but you you had a little bit of that at the start. I did, um, uh, and then uh, yeah. um, you know you can really see as you were getting into the flow of them mm. uh, that they were working very well. So yeah, well I think you should be proud of yourself of what, well, you've, you. what you've achieved. Thank you and thank you for the opportunity and our fantastic studio. Everyone's so impressed and Jessica, of course, who nobody's met. I think she she showed up in one of our episodes, but she has just been absolutely okay. fantastic in terms of editing and producing and doing the artwork. She does everything behind the scenes. Well, I think that again, that's a, um, a, a in a post pandemic uh, opportunity as well that that she's no longer physically with us, no. um, but from the other side of the world is is that managing to do yeah. this all for she us. She gets so to hear our lovely brilliant. voices. <laughs> she's sick listening to us in Canada. But, um, well, look, thank you so much for joining us no in thank your you studio. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we look forward to the year ahead and working with you on, on our themes and our guests, Jonathan. Thank you very much. I look forward to starting the, the listening to the new series when Brilliant. it comes out. Brilliant. Okay, so thank you, everybody, for joining us for the last um, in this season's episodes of Activist Lawyer. That was Jonathan McKeown who took us through how Activist Lawyer, the podcast, really came about. Um, a little insight into maybe how we plan to develop the podcast. Well, there was no, we didn't really give anything away, but we look forward to 2023 and having more guests, more themes, and as I said, building upon this platform to share the fantastic work of our colleagues and practitioners in human rights law, in criminal justice, in public interest law. It's just been fantastic to have their insights. And we're really grateful for your feedback. We're grateful to all of those students as well and graduates who have been listening and getting in contact with us. They've really found it beneficial to find out more about this um, interesting, rewarding, you know, and and tough area of of, uh, the law to work in. But we hope we have um, provided you with some useful insights and and information to help you um, on your legal journey. I'd also like to say a big thank you to the team here at Granite Exchange. Um, We were missing Jack for the last part of the year. He is having a lot of fun down under and hopefully he'll join us at some point in 2023. And I want to say a massive thank you to Jessica, who edits and produces the podcast all the way over in Canada. She does fantastic work. And to the team here at Granite Exchange, who make everything so easy for any of our guests and anybody who joins us here in our wonderful studio in Granite Exchange. Exchange, the Granite Podcast Studio. Please also check out our website because we do have some merchandise there that you might be interested in for a gift for family, your friends or your colleague for um, activist lawyers and even some gifts for budding activist lawyers as I think there's some baby grows there as well. So check out our website for um, the lovely merchandise on sale uh, promoting our podcast and activist lawyers around the world. So I'll take this opportunity to again say thank you so much for joining us and I look forward to sharing more episodes of Activist Lawyer in 2023. Happy Christmas everybody and a happy new year. This podcast was recorded in Granite Podcast Studio. Interested in starting up your own podcast but don't know how? Granite Podcast Studio can help. Record your podcast in our state-of-the-art studio, which is based in the heart of Newry City. Our studio has cutting-edge and user-friendly technology and can seat up to four people. 
We also provide an editing service for our team using your guidance and editing notes to provide you with a flawless finished product, leaving your listeners wanting more. For more information on how you can get started, visit www.granitepodcaststudio.com.